what we're going to do here is we're going to get started on where this this time we're on tradition six, which uh, just had some dealings with that as a matter of fact on tradition six, and um, in the big book on page on the fourth edition on page five sixty three um, is. Well, we better do the short form first on 562. Um, the short form is an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. And in the long form, it says that uh, problems of money, property, and authority may easily divert us from our primary spiritual aim. We think, therefore, that any considerable property of genuine use to AA should be separately incorporated and managed, thus dividing the material from the spiritual. An AA group as such should never go into business. Secondary aids to AA, such as clubs or hospitals, will require much property or administration, which require much property or administration, ought to be incorporated and so set apart that, if necessary, it can be freely discarded by the group. Hence, such facilities ought not to use the AA name. Their management should be the sole responsibility of those people who financially support them. For clubs, AA managers are usually preferred. But hospitals, as well as other places of recuperation, ought to be well outside AA and medically supervised. Well, an AA group may cooperate anyone. Such cooperation ought never go so far as affiliation or endorsement, actual or implied. An AA group can bind itself to no one. And, um, you know, I was just, as I was finishing that up, nobody can can um, unmute themselves to holler at me if they want to do something. Um, maybe I better go back and just do the star five once in case uh, you, Steve, or... If you need to have, have something you want to get a hold of me about, so I'm going to back out of this. Okay, you're all unmuted for a second here, and then I'm that's right. One, and then each one of you can unmute themselves with a star six if you need to jump in. Okay, well, somebody if you have the paper there. Uh, I finally found it. Okay. Here we go. All right, you can each unmute yourselves with star six if need be to jump in here. I just wanted on the last of that on the on the long form of the tradition, something that I have I have actually highlighted in a bright pink, um, is actual or implied. You know, it's uh because while an AA group may cooperate with anyone, such cooperation uh, never goes so far as affiliation or endorsement, actual or implied. An AA group can bind itself to no one. And that would fit, I believe, every fellowship, um, because one of the things that we, we forget about is we get into our fellowship and we learn the jargon of either AA or SA or SNON or Al-Anon or whatever the fellowship is, we learn all of our jargon, and we know it. And <clears throat> excuse me, for some reason or other, we we almost start thinking that everybody should understand it. And uh, this is a very good point that we have found in our group a few times. This thing where we get to believing like that, 
And when people come in, like in AA, and we say it's a closed meeting, we expect them to understand that. They're brand new, and they don't. But when we get into the public, like it is right here in this tradition, it's especially important for us to make sure that when we're dealing with the public, that they understand what we're talking about. And we and when we're what our actions are, if our actions could even imply that we're affiliated in any way, we have to be very careful of that and try to step back sometimes and and look at it like we were standing in the other person's moccasins, you know, looking at this. How would we think about it if we saw this happening? Because we can imply affiliation very easily. We have to be very clear about that. Uh, because we can cause great harms to our to ourselves, to our fellowship, when we do some of these things, and uh, it's we just get so entrenched in in our fellowships sometimes that we forget about this, and we don't look at it as other people might look at us and what we're doing. They just happen to see us, and a good case in point would be, <coughs> excuse me, would be like dealing with the court systems, and you know we for years. People get sent to AA and they have papers signed. And so a lot of people get to thinking that we actually have something to do with the court system, that we're uh, in cahoots with the court system and having them sent to us, and then we sign the slip and they got to go back and show it so they're okay. And I have taken great pains in, in the groups when I'm, when I've been at it, where we're having those all signed to say at the start, what you need to know right now is that we're not affiliated with the court system. How people get to our door is none of our business. Once they come through our door, then people are our business. And these, we sign these slips as individual members, not as a fellowship. We only do this as a courtesy to you, not to the court system. And, uh, in fact, there's some other examples uh, that, that can handle something like that, different ways of doing it. But we have to be very careful how we do these things, and especially when we start reaching out into um, the public, you know, such as uh, any kind of public information work we do. And sometimes even in the jails and the prisons and psych wards and everywhere we go, these people need to understand that we're not part of that system. We are just coming in here as a fellowship in the message. And, boy, it can get really messed up. And I've been involved with it a few times. Uh, where we had to go in and clean it up. And I've personally made the mess myself a few times. Okay, now we will move to the uh, 12 and 12, pages 155 through 159, at least in my version of it. I've noticed a little bit of difference in some 12 and 12s. Um, on Tradition 6, and I've, I've just highlighted some things here for myself rather than read the whole thing. Um, but it says, uh, people need to be told what alcoholism, uh, need to be told what alcoholism was so we'd educate the public, even rewrite school and medical textbooks. Here's some of the ideas that we came up with as alkies, you know, in the early, in the early days that, uh, that they dreamed about doing and, and changing the whole thing, and that's where we really get ourselves carried away. Um, then we go into, you know, here's our grandiosity is really speaking for us on these first pages. Um, we'd spill AA into the dark regions of dope addiction and criminality. We'd form groups of depressive and paranoid folks. The deeper the neurosis, the better we'd like it. The stood reason that alcoholism could be like so could any problem. 
And then in the next paragraph down, it says, We thought our society of Alcoholics Anonymous might prove to be the spearhead of a new spiritual advance. We might transform the world. We thought we could probably even fix politics, you know, and, and uh, boy, our think our line of thinking can get really, really out of whack. And, and you know, when I read it in, in the 12 and 12, it sounded, I, I thought, wow, those guys are really goofy, you know, when they started thinking that stuff. But the longer I've been in AA, the more I've seen it happen and been involved in it in, in maybe not that big a way, but where we got to thinking we had uh, we had it. And we were going to change people and, and get people to really see this stuff. That, or in, in the way that we were addressing the public or schools, uh, high schools was a really dangerous spot for us at one time. And we had to really be careful what we did, that we didn't start letting our grandiosity spill over into this. Um, I don't know if I shared this with you folks once before, but I heard it here in the last uh, couple of years a term which I really, really like. And it was spiritual arrogance. And I thought, wow, that just hit the nail on the head because sometimes we, we just get so spiritual, we're arrogant. And I know that I've done it and, uh, just thinking that I'm, I'm almost placed myself above others. And thank God for, uh, the humanness of, as alcoholics, is that I've managed to knock myself right off those pedestals too. Um, um, let me see it on, on a little farther. That was on the bottom of page, uh, 156. On 157, um, then there's the different things that they tried to do that they tried to start and then found out they couldn't do them. It says these adventures implanted a deep rooted conviction that in no circumstances could we endorse any related enterprise, no matter how good. We of Alcoholics Anonymous could not be all things to all men. Nor should we try. Um, that's like, you know, and, and in that story, you know, about some of the great distilling companies proposed to go into the field of alcohol education, and and we thought, wow, we could do that. And we, and we had people who were sober that that are very good salesmen and, uh, you know, really good speakers and go out and talk to people. And, and you know, some of them thought, wow, this is something we could do. Um and we found that we just couldn't we couldn't do it. We just almost destroyed a, a couple of times by doing that stuff. In fact, in a conversation just uh, last night, uh, or night before last, I was in in a conversation where we brought up the thing about Bill was was offered the opportunity to be on the the front of Time magazine, and uh, how he had to turn that down because it, it was a God thing that he got to see the long term effects of that even if they didn't show his whole face on there they were going to show his head partially turned away and uh have him doing an interview in there he could see that down the line people would start facing more and more towards the camera and start using their full names and and uh you know start uh really saying you know really hitting into the media which today we have people who do that uh, people who are well-known movie stars and actors and other people of, of renown are doing those sorts of things, but we try, we really try not to do that because it, all it can do is paint a, a bad, a bad name for us because we can go out there and, and think we're doing really, really good right now, but just down the roadways are, our, our, uh, our power, the money, property and prestige that can just rip us down. And next thing you know, we're in the public again, but, not uh, doing the best for Alcoholics Anonymous. 
heard some pretty pretty bad things on on the media recently with a few people. Um, an AA, and this is on page 158, an AA member, uh, no, it says, but this wasn't the whole story, for in this case, not only was an AA member to break his anonymity at a public level, he was to link the name Alcoholics Anonymous to this particularly ed- particular educational project in the minds of millions. And it would be bound to appear that AA was now back in education, liquor trade association style. And there we have it again where these are, I, I just love the, the uh, 12 and 12 and AA comes of age, the stuff that's in these. It gives us this history and this background of why these traditions are there and what they do to prevent us from destroying this thing. And that really most of the problems that I see today within, I know within AA, and I've even seen a little bit of it in SA, and I know that it goes on in all of the all of the programs, the fellowships, is that we have a tendency to ignore history. And as we all know, they, it was said once that if we ignore history, we're doomed to repeat it. And, boy, I tell you what, I, I see this. Uh, I see us doing this now, especially in AA, where we're we're just kind of thinking that we've gone beyond this and we're we know more about it and if and if, if we pay attention to the traditions and and to the history of AA we we learn what it is because as a as a individual I know that for me about the only times I really get in trouble is when I'm trying to slip around the edge of a step or a tradition and I don't want to I just think well okay that's what it says but I'll just do this much of it and uh you know because for me it seems like the, the traditions have a tendency to interfere with my will and so i'll try to find a way around it to make it work or dilute it so i can make it work you know somehow and uh that's when i get in trouble and that's what i see happening to us as a fellowship now and then we get started down the wrong road and and uh, if you you can really make yourself uh, unpopular if you bring up the traditions now and again and talk about them uh sometimes some folks just don't want to hear about it and uh, I know that there have been times I've had that opportunity as a delegate and, and such and I just had to uh, I finally finally grasped a hold of the idea that I wasn't there to get popular I was there to help AA and uh, to do what I could and uh, in fact in the in helping uh, SA now as a non non uh, to call it trustee, I get an opportunity probably to step out there and make some people question my sanity. Um, this one of the things about this guy was going to take this job and help him to publicize, uh, helping to educate people and and uh, talk about alcoholism. They they pointed out to him. They said, nevertheless, you still have the legal right to take this job. And I love what this guy said. This is on page 159, the last page of the Tradition 6. He says, I know that, he said, but this is no time for legalities. Alcoholics Anonymous saved my life, and it comes first. I certainly won't be the guy to land AA in big-time trouble, and this would really do it. Concerning endorsements, our friend had said it all. We saw, as never before, that we could not lend the AA name to any cause other than our own. And that's been a... And we've all we've seen this. Many of us, if you've been around even a little while, you can see where this has gotten us into trouble um, a few times, where people step out and try to do that. And if you get out on the internet at all, you can see some pretty, uh, pretty amazing things uh, that are 
that would drag us down the road pretty hard as long as we have enough people that are there trying to do something about trying to adhere to this and keep us on the right track. Um, okay, and the AA comes of age. On pages 107 through 109, it talks about Tradition 6. And um, right after it reads the Tradition 6, um, it just goes down a couple of paragraphs. It says, if alcoholism could be licked, so could any problem. AA's uncompromising honesty might soon clean up politics. In the factories, it could cause laborers and capitalists to love each other. Boy, I love their... They're long-sighted just on this. Uh, in the factories, it could cause laborers and capitalists to love each other. Having learned to live so happily, we would show everybody else how. We thought our society of alcoholics and anonymous might prove to be the spearhead of a new spiritual advance. Our principles might transform the world. And actually, in that sentence right there, I believe this is strictly, this is not, you're not going to find this written anywhere. It's my personal belief. Um, I just think that that this program was happened to be given to the alcoholics first, that you know, distilled out of everything that was already here for mankind, but it was distilled down to where it really worked with folks like the alcoholics. And when people started seeing how it helped alcoholics' lives be transformed, other people with other maladies and other problems started saying, well, I bet that could work for us. And so they started trying to do it, and I know that AA has has uh, been asked by many different fellowships to use the steps and traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I know that we've, that AA has said yes to over 300 of these fellowships, different fellowships. I couldn't even come close to naming them all. I, I know several of them. But, uh, and why, why would anybody want to try to keep this from others? But one of the key things in this is that the 12 steps and 12 traditions don't just fit everybody, they fit each individual uh, uh, fellowship because the identification that we find in the rooms of, say, Alcoholics Anonymous, the alcoholics find that identification there. In SA, the sexaholics find it there. In NA, the Narcotics Anonymous will find it there. And in Al-Anon, they find it there. And in Essanon, they find it there with people who are just like them, who have lived through things just like them, and they can share this experience. And I think back to when when uh, Bill talked to Bob, and Bob said, this is the first man that ever spoke to him who really knew what he was talking about. And that's when Bob, Bill could reach Bob because he, he had that. That's, what, that's why this stuff works. This thing works in the different fellowships because people who understand what it's like to be there with whatever malady that is can can explain it and, and give their personal experience to share with these people and other ones who are suffering, and they'll hear it and they'll say, oh, you've been there. You know what this is. And then, then we relate with every fellowship room, we relate the, the steps and the traditions to them to help them, give them the tools to start healing up. In, uh, in six, also, I'm going to skip over to 109. <clears throat> uh, once again, um, <clears throat> the guy talks about he doesn't want to be the one who sinks um, Alcoholics Anonymous. 
It says, uh, long afterward, we saw something else. We saw that the more AA minded its own business, the greater its general influence would become. Medicine and religion and psychiatry began to borrow some of our ideas and experience. So did research, rehabilitation, education. All sorts of therapeutic groups began to spring up. They dealt with gambling, divorce, delinquency, dope addiction, mental illness, and the like. They, too, borrowed from AA, but they made their own adaptation. They worked their own fields, and we did not have to endorse them or tell them how to live. Uh, I think that's just so fantastic that the farsightedness of people at that time. Because our influence has not been confined to just these fields. It is beginning now to be general. It crops up in political and business life. People who know alcoholics and their families are deeply affected. The very developments that we once wanted to, to force have begun to take place for themselves. Today, we understand and accept this paradox. The more AA sticks to its primary purpose, the greater will be its helpful influence everywhere. And I just, uh, <clears throat> I just, I am, feel so privileged to have been uh, uh, able to witness this and see this in, in, in many, many occasions uh, where we have been able to influence people and, and talk to people. I've, I've talked to ministers right after I sobered up. I was, I was busy really working in construction. I had my own construction company and I was trying to pay all my bills. So I happened to be working on a church remodeling it and there was a young minister there and I got to talk with him and how he explained how those same principles, not listed as the 12 steps or 12 traditions, how they had changed, how they had changed his life, and and brought him new understanding and meaning. And it's just been, uh, it was just an amazing thing to me that I could see that, uh, that I was given the opportunity to see that, and it's happened time and time again, wherever I've had the opportunity to show up and and uh, learn from the old timers around AA and. When I was a delegate and went to New York, I got to see these things really in action, and I saw how we could really go astray if we didn't if we didn't adhere to these things and live up to these principles. They're not they're not laws. What I found out is they are principles. And you know, my parents tried to teach me principles when I first sobered up, and I was I, when I, I should say I, they tried to teach me principles as I was growing up. And I boy, when I came to AA, I had no principles left. It was me ahead of you no matter what. That's my only principle. And after I got to be an AA and through these steps and these traditions and living this way and being and being led around by some of the old timers, I was giving principles back and all of a sudden I started finding out that my parents who were really good people, they had been living up to these principles all their life. And they had tried to teach them to me and I so thank AA for giving me those principles back. I'm teaching them to me in, a, in, a, in such a great manner that I can I can live my life now, but not without disrupting people so much. I still do time to time unintentionally, but before I just ran right over people terribly. And today I have principles that help keep me from doing that. The beauty of that is I don't have to do the ninth step so often, <laughs> or you know, pick up and clean up so much stuff in the tenth. Uh, in the AA group pamphlet, uh, P16, um, there's on page 23 through 25, there's something noted here. 
correctional facilities um, handbooks and, and our, our cooperation with professional community handbooks. These are the things that we learn in there. These are what we don't do. This isn't about trying to boost up the numbers in our group or make me look good or whatever. It's trying to reach the still suffering person in there, whatever they're suffering from. If I'm in there as a, a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, that's who I'm trying to reach. If others get help from it, boy, so much the better. But these are these are some areas that this tradition really, these traditions really cover this, and it's so important that when we elect people from our from whatever fellowship we're in, when we elect them to go out and and serve, you know, do this service with uh, all kinds of people out there in the public and correctional facilities and and all of these other ones. Um, public information, which is a real touchy one that we have to be very careful with, and we've had great cooperation with the public, uh, with the media. We just have to make sure we do it right and do it correctly, and uh, that way the message is carried clearly. Um, special needs is something that's grown up in the last several years, but, but it's not, it hasn't always been there that we've recognized, and we have people who have all kinds of special needs, you know, such as wheelchair accessibility, um, the, the folks that are blind, the, the people who are deaf, um, you know, all kinds of different problems that we deal with that they have extra um, things that make it hard for them to be reached, um, and we have to pay attention to those. And something that came up here in the last several years in AA was about remote communities <clears throat> and and, and uh I, I kind of got a kick out of it because some of the folks from the really large cities were talking about these remote communities that they have. And we just thought, well, Montana is a remote community. I mean, you can travel 100 miles to get to the next town sometimes, and, and uh, it's a long ways between meetings. And uh, But, you know, we have to overcome those things as a fellowship, <clears throat> and we can do it with some of these committees and, and by not and making sure we stick to the traditions and don't violate our traditions or our concepts, just trying to overcome what seems like a difficulty for us. Okay, in that same pamphlet, the AA group, on pages 37 through 38, it has um, cooperation but not affiliation. It, it, it goes over this again. Um, and, it's, and I'll just read this portion. Alcoholics Anonymous is a worldwide fellowship of alcoholics who help each other to stay sober and who offer <clears throat> to share their recovery experience freely with others who may have a drinking problem. AA members are distinctive in their acceptance of a suggested program of 12 steps designed for personal recovery from alcoholism. Um, and I think that's really important in whatever fellowship we're in. Uh, I know in ours it says the fellowship functions through more than 61,000 local groups in the U.S. and Canada, and there's a activity in more than 180 countries. It's estimated that there are now more than 2 million members. And uh, it's amazing to me. You know, when, you, when I, I was just reading the other day about <clears throat> with Dr. Bob and Bill, when they first got going that, in the first four years, they, they brought in, I think it was like 800 people. And that's astronomical numbers, you know, considering how many people were sober then to do that. And today, we're still reaching out. There are what, you know, there's people in other countries that still don't have a big book in their language. And I'm sure that's the same in, in almost all the fellowships. 
and uh, that's something that we strive to overcome uh, through our donations to Lake Dunaway. We have the uh, uh, the translation fund, the worldwide translation fund uh, that tries to help these things be translated into languages so people can understand them. <clears throat> and while I'm touching on that, one of the things that I got. This is right away when I sobered up. I got to hear this from a fellow who was from the um, who was Finnish, and he had he had come over to Canada and sobered up there, and he got sober in AA in Canada, and he was at a conference one night one day, and he saw that they had a the AA book in Finn, and he was so excited and he bought it and he took it back to his room that night, and when he came back the next day he asked who in the heck translated this. Because it just, he said, it doesn't even make sense. Uh, a lot of it, he says, a lot of it's right, but he says there's a whole bunch of it that just doesn't even make sense. And what they had trouble with was translating the feelings as Bill wrote them and how he explained these things. And they found out that they needed somebody that didn't just know how to speak their language, but they had to be also understand being an alcoholic to translate it in a, in a manner that really helped people. And so... That's a, that's one of the things that has slowed up translation in a, for a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of languages, is to make sure that it's translated correctly so that they get what is meant by that, what's meant by the writing in there. <clears throat> um, you know, we we don't uh, we don't run clubhouses or anything like that. We don't uh, get involved in in halfway houses, uh, treatments treatment facilities. We just go there and cooperate with them, and we try to carry the message. And, and some of the talks we've had with people is to we want to, we we all want the same thing. We want to help the person get well, and it's just that each each fellowship has its own uh, niche where it's it's taking care of these people like alcoholics, and then we have the NA takes care of the drug. You know, comes up and talks to people about being drug addicts. And also for SA and and many others, um, one of the things that we have found that we established here in in Billings at one time, because there was so much uh, discord going on uh, about the meetings in the treatment center. When I went through there in '82, the only thing they treated was alcoholism. There was nobody else being treated in there but alcoholics, and consequently, they called all of the meetings in their AA meeting. Well, many, many years down the road, there was people of all type, with all types of problems being treated, and they still called them AA meetings, and they had people with other maladies doing the, uh, leading the meetings and, and everything, and it was really getting confusing, and also people were coming out of there believing that they could, they could come to alcoholics and go to closed meetings if they wanted to, you know, and, uh, it, you know, that was just up to them. And we started having some real problems with that. And one of the things that we finally went up there and talked to the lady that ran it, I happened to know her for about 20 years, and I said, you know, we all want the same thing, and, you know, especially when it comes to alcoholics. We want these people to get well. But I said, sometimes people are coming to us who are not alcoholics, and they come through the doors believing that they can come to these meetings, and they've been taught this. And... They come in there and they run into some less than spiritually advanced old timer who just rips their hind den off for being in that closed meeting. And, uh, so they walk out the door thinking, geez, I just, when I thought I had something that was going to help me live, they walk out the door thinking that that's been taken away from them again. They go down the street and around the corner and blow their brains out. And that's, 
I told her, I said, that's not what we want, and I know that's not what you want. We need to work at this and, and do some cooperation. And, and over some meetings with them, we found out some things that they would like to, to like see from us as coming in there to bring the meetings in. And we also told them some things that we thought could really help in helping people come out and, you know, come to AA and, or find the right fellowship. And that's when we really started having to look at ourselves about love and tolerance and how we handle these things. And tolerance doesn't mean just tolerating everybody and letting them come in. It means talking with people, going up to them afterwards and, and asking them, you know, if if they are an alcoholic, is this their first time to AA? We don't get pushy, we don't get nosy, and we try to handle it uh, very, very discreetly and make sure that we don't cause anybody harm. We've had that. We've had this experience a few times recently in our home group, where somebody was in there. We had one guy. He was feeling kind of poorly that day. This was just the other day, two nights ago, and he said he was feeling really poorly that day. And he said his stomach was all upset. And he didn't know if he was going to make it. And to the meeting, they said, "Well, how long has it been? How long have you been sober?" And he says, "Well, I'm not an alcoholic." And we were in a closed meeting. Because I'm not an alcoholic. I only do drugs. And I said, "Really." I says, you know, this is a closed meeting. He says, I know. He says, but they keep sending me here. He says, I don't know why they keep sending me to AA when I'm a drug addict. Well, fortunately, one of my really good friends, a guy who I sponsored, <coughs> is also um, belongs to NA. And so we captured this guy right after the meeting and talked to him. And uh, my friend is going to take him to NA meetings to get him to the right place. You know, there's a, there's a saying that we hear all the time that nobody comes through our door by mistake. And I honestly believe that wholeheartedly because a lot of the times we're the most obvious people that we have the, with meetings that have been more advertised, been around a, a long time, and people just send them to AA all the time. And when they come through our doors, we need to be prepared to help these people find the help that they need, to at least offer them assistance in finding the right place, the right meeting for them, rather than just saying, well, AA can fix it, and just you just stick around here and you'll get better no matter what. Because we've killed people doing that. Uh, and I mean, actually, we have. They've come in and tried to do it, and it, it didn't work for them because they didn't fit. They weren't alcoholics. And we have to be very careful of that, but do it in a loving and tolerant fashion. And with that, I am going to... Um, I'll just re reiterate that uh, the mo one of the really important parts in this in this uh, tradition is uh, the affiliation or endorsement, actual or implied, and then keeping it foremost in our minds within whichever fellowship we're in. That that we know that other people do not understand our jargon. They do not understand what we're talking about, and we need to make sure that they do. We have to be really look at what we're saying and, and uh, how we're handling them. And with that, uh, maybe we can open it up for comment or questions or revisions. And thank you, Bob, for all your good work on this. I appreciate it. I was reminded that, uh, and I think it is out of... Uh, uh, Bill's biography, uh, Pass It On, in the uh, talking about non affiliation, there was a preacher down in uh, Texas.
that was uh, an AA member got got sober, and then he wanted to. Uh, he got behind the uh, prohibition, and he was telling everybody that uh, AA sobered up drunks, and that it was that not only should. AA or alcoholics not drink. Nobody should drink, and they should have prohibition. And uh, and we got back to Bill, and Bill called the guy up and said, "You know, AA doesn't take sides on this." And the guy said, uh, "Well, I don't know what AA is like up there where you are, but down here we're prohibition." I don't know. And you know, Bill had to think long and hard, and you know, it's like. You know, we can't affiliate with anybody. And the other uh, the other side of that coin was, I believe it was, uh, the woman's name was Marty, who went on to found the uh, National Council on Al- Alcoholism. And she was doing a bunch of good work and really, you know, had a, uh, a fervor for reaching alcoholic women who kind of had a double stigma. Uh, and uh, sent out a fundraising letter with uh, Dr. Bob and, uh, and Bill's name on it, and the trustees raised hell and said, you know, it's like you can't be doing this fundraising with uh, AA's name. And Bill had to send Marty a letter saying that, uh, you know, we can't endorse or affiliate ourselves with you in any way any more than we can endorse or affiliate you know, with the uh, preacher down in Texas. You know, it doesn't make any difference whether it's good or bad. AA has to stick to its primary purpose. Exactly. That is that is so correct. And, and it's so easy sometimes when we get, um, well, I know I don't know how it is for you guys, but when you get busy with some people and you all get to talking in the same room, and it sounds really good to everybody that's in that room, and then you walk outside the room and you, Mention it to somebody else, and they go, well, "Where is your head at?" You know, because they weren't involved in the in the conversation. It kind of all got us going down this stray path. And I, well, I've, I've been involved in that where people just go, "What are you thinking?" And uh, boy, it really checked us up. But that's, you know, we can't affiliate no matter how. And uh, sometimes it gets in today's in today's world with the media so. Uh, we have, you know, the Internet and everything that just makes everything so instant, and it goes all over the world. We have to really pay attention to what we're doing. The other thing that I'm reminded of in the uh, in the traditions, and, and traditions six in particular, uh, is that if we don't have any opinion, on outside issues, it's threatening. You know, that people aren't afraid of Alcoholics Anonymous because we don't have an agenda. But I think that keeps everything real clear. Yeah. <clears throat> I know that when they, <clears throat> when Bill and them were talking, they said that we let our friends, we don't defend ourselves no matter what in the public. We let our friends do that if they choose to. And that's one of the great things is we haven't jumped out into the media trying to um, dispel what somebody has said on TV or they they put on some program and stay in there from Alcoholics Anonymous or 
whatever. We we just don't go out on the we just don't get into the media or go out anywhere trying to defend that stuff um, because all it does is create a worse problem. And most of the time, our friends will get a hold of somebody like that, somebody who's not in AA, and they'll just say to somebody, you know. We've been dealing with them a long time, and here's what we found, and and we just let our friends do that. We don't we don't jump into that arena at all, and it seems tough at times not to. Anybody there? Yep. Yes, sir. Strangely silent, Steve. Huh? I said you're strangely silent. What do you mean by that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to put a spur in your side. <laughs> hey, Bobby, Tim in Nashville. Yeah. So, a um, couple questions. Um, if we're not going to uh, let anybody else use our name, <laughs> the reason that we're not using anybody else's name either. And right. thinking about there are a couple of uh, SA intergroup associations who have links on their websites to other S fellowships, especially Sexual Compulsive Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Um, in your view, is this a um, subtle form of, uh, of going against the grain of the sixth tradition? Well, just offhand, not knowing, having, having read them or uh, witnessed them myself, but it would be the same as, as uh, AA having a website and putting NA on there and all of the and several others. As a matter of fact, just recently in dealing with a situation for SA, I wasn't aware of all the websites. And Steve, <laughs> I got a hold of Steve on this, and I found some websites out there because <laughs> I, I typed them in wrong or something. You know, I got a little bit of it wrong, or I was just looking for another website for it. And I found some websites that, well, after I ran one past Steve, he said it was absolutely dangerous for people in SA, you know, to, to be confronted with what was on that website. And, you know, it, it is so important, especially if, if it's going to be um, like SA. I talked to the um, the intergroup officer in Nashville, and, and I was told that they're, they, they've got about four or five that they actually have, but they only use the one. And because I, I found one that <clears throat> that really sounded like SA. I mean, the way they were talking, but the picture in, that was in there kind of made me wonder. And then I started going through it and reading further out into some of the uh, um, things you could click on, you know, and, and open them up. And also at the bottom, I saw that they were advertising um, a certain type of wine and Viagra. <laughs> And I thought, I read that, I said to Steve, I said, I, I don't think this is right. In fact, I ran it by the office manager at uh, Seiko, and it said, no, no, that's not us. But, you know, and it's so easy for people to make themselves seem like the fellowship you're, you're in, like AA or SA or Al-Anon or S-Anon or NA, and make it seem like it's that because... And if you weren't a member of it, you probably wouldn't even catch it. And you could be led down the road in a, in a wrong direction. And that's what's so important about our fellowships, knowing what our websites are and making sure that our fellowship knows what those websites contain and what they are. And, and the links can be so dangerous. 
to our to any of the fellowship because they uh, you go out there just you just go out on the web and, and just punch in www.aa and and you you'd be amazed <laughs> you you don't have enough time to read all the stuff there is out there and a lot of it is is really far fetched. So it's very. Amazing. I did that. I did that once, and they wanted to sell me plane tickets. Oh, yeah, American Airlines. <laughs> yeah, the darnest thing. Um, my sponsor has accused me. Well, yeah, they accused me. He suggested I look at the idea of personal spiritual arrogance, and my ears perked up when you used that phrase. So I've been in prayer and meditation on that a little bit the last month or so, and what I came up with as just my catch-all solution to any problem I could possibly have is Tim works his steps. That covers everything I can run into in life, inside my head and outside of my head. And do you tie that notion of spiritual arrogance and lessons learned from it to that last paragraph in um, um, AA Comes of Age? Today we understand and accept this paradox. The more AA sticks to its primary purpose, the greater will be its helpful influence everywhere. In other words, the things that AA wants to do they need to let go of and let God do that and have him work in, work AA into what areas he allows as it sticks to his primary purpose. Is that a solution for spiritual arrogance as far as you see it? <laughs> yeah, I think one of the real great cures for spiritual arrogance is a sponsor. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, uh, but the steps, you know, looking at the steps and what they're, what they are in total and, and I think the traditions are one of the greatest, the greatest uh, things that's one of, that helps step on my arrogance. Because I started getting these grandiose ideas or something, and if I look at those traditions, they they absolutely speak against that. And I, and then sometimes too, when I get, you know, I can get to where I'm thinking I'm going to really convert some folks, and uh, man, I, I have to really watch that. All I have to give is is what. God gave me, you know, and I get to share with them what's been given me out of that book. And I and I look at the success of AA, and I just, I think if we stay in contact with that and working with others on a regular basis, I think that keeps us tied right in to where we started. And, that, and especially that working with others. You know, I just read that again today where, you know, it's in Bill's story, I think on page 15, that unless we do work with others, we're going to die. You know, we're not going to make it. And I think that's what keeps bringing us back to where we started and who we are, and that I'm I'm still that I I you know that spiritual arrogance can really get in there and, and boy I'll tell you what I can whip the horses pretty hard with that. <laughs> uh, spiritual arrogance, I think I've certainly suffered enough under it myself. Uh, this Robert in Atlanta, and I think that. The two things that I find in the literature that address it is in the 12 and 12, uh, under uh, step 11, uh, it says the, uh, you know, the AA or indeed any man who tries to run his life rigidly by this kind of prayer, by this self-serving demand of God for replies is a particularly disconcerting individual. To any questioning or criticism of his actions, he instantly proffers his reliance upon prayer for guidance in all matters, great and small. 
and he may have forgotten the possibility that his own wishful thinking and the human tendency to rationalize have distorted his so-called guidance. And then the, the big book says that, you know, people of uh, high spiritual development always check in with other people of high spiritual development the communications they think they have received from God. Because my problem is that I get messages from God in my own handwriting. And <laughs> Spiritual ventriloquism. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I think that uh, <laughs> does not change. And the if it, if it is truly uh, a divine idea, uh, it doesn't. It's not going to care how often it's challenged or by who, and it will stand up to any criticism. So if we bring our spiritual revelations to other people of high spiritual development. Uh, they're going to tell me, Robert, I think you're getting a little goofy there. Uh, or, you know, that kind of sounds like how the universe works. And where do we find people of high spiritual development? Well, I sponsor enough clergy to know that going to clergy may or may not be a reliable source. But uh, I think that people who live this program, who practice these principles in all our affairs, if you do that, you walk with God. And those people I can rely on, certainly sponsors, but other people that are working a good program. And they'll let me know if my thinking's off and if I'm spiritually arrogant. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I really like what you said. You know, I, inside my head, I can, I can all of a sudden, I, I'll just think, well, this is, this is God's answer for me. You know, or, or, you know, I just, I can really delude myself with that and, Boy, checking with other people on a regular basis, you know, especially when I come up with one of these great ideas. I mean, I really need to run that past somebody. You know, and, and something that Bill wrote um, is, is back in, uh, in AA Comes of Aid, and it's on page 45, page 44 and 45, when it, he said that uh, it, it may be possible to find explanations of spiritual experiences such as ours but I have often tried to explain my own and have succeeded only in giving the story of it. I know the feeling of hate and the results it has brought, but I will never fully understand the deeper why and how. <clears throat> and I thought, holy cow, that is that is so unbelievable. Because at, in that part of the of A Comes of Age, you know, they were trying to get somebody to explain to this, uh, this group of people what this uh, spiritual awakening was. And they went to some of the some of the uh, doctors and said, would you explain this? And they said, we don't even know what it is. You know, you guys are going to have to do that. And and that's what Bill finally said. I can't even explain it. And it's in our 12 steps, you know, the result of those steps. And, and I, I just really, I really learned a lot from seeing him write that because I can't, I can't explain to anybody how it's, what it's all about. I can tell them the story of it. And if they're an alcoholic, they understand it. Other people, they hear it and they just go, that's, that's just amazing. Sometimes their eyes are wide open or thinking, you know, why did somebody just shoot you? <laughs> but uh, for me, I know that learning, learning these things from what I read, this is the importance of our history. Just like you said, you know, learning from the, the people from all these different fields that really loved alcoholics and honest, what they taught us. And honest, adhering to that and giving up 
you know, when I I really want to start leading the parade and, and uh, doing all this, I think of the uh, uh, <clears throat> people like Bill and some of the other people that just they said, okay, no, uh, I I can't do this. No, I I just marvel at the time when he when he threw the I think it was fifty cents in the in the in the basket at a meeting, and he thought, well, that looks really big, and he reached in and he took it out and he threw a dime in because he thought he had just overpaid. And what he'd done just before that was gave a guy five bucks, some guy that was kind of down on his luck, and he gave him five bucks to him because it made him look good. <clears throat> That's the kind of ego that I have to deal with too. Is boy, you give me a half a chance, and I'm going to try to make people think I'm really, I'm something. And what I really get to be aware of is, like when I get to go into the psych ward and, and prisons and carry this message, and go into the home group and and working with people and and having people come in like that young fellow the other day. In fact, the guy that I asked to help, that to sponsor, you know, to talk to this guy, I sponsored him years ago. He just got one here a while back that, that came to our group accident, and he's sponsoring him now, and he says he's going to stick, this, stick him on this new guy uh, over in NA. <clears throat> those, are, those are the things that, you know, that just bring me right back to where this thing is at. What, what a precious gift we've been given, you know, and, and uh, how it works. And, as I, you know, last, last year, year before last, we got to go to um, Ukraine, <clears throat> and and go over there and, and do some meetings and some workshops, and we had a translator. and I, And I have to tell you, it was, to me it was just amazing the people there, how much they loved this, and they wanted to hear more about it, and they they wanted to learn about AA much more about it. And um, they don't have the service structure that we do, but listening to those people, and we were all on the same plane, and they just hug you and love you, and just oh, they just couldn't do enough. They they were so thrilled to see us, and I, I just, I just know that this thing that Alcoholics Anonymous is still being spread. It's, it, you know, sometimes I think in AA, we get to thinking that our job's almost done. It's everywhere, but boy, I tell you what, I know that there's there's so many places that it's not reached, and we've got we have not run out of alcoholics in this country. I know that, and that's I think. The uh, the thing that has to help me is that really looking at spiritual arrogance, the fact that, no, we're not done. We're just getting started. You know, and I get to participate in this, I hopefully, till the day I die. I have a question about this tradition uh, for a recent issue that uh, we're experiencing here in Atlanta. When uh, Sexaholics Anonymous first started meeting here in Atlanta back in 1991, um, there were a number of other S fellowships well established in the area. Uh, there was SLAA and SAA, and I think SCA, but I could be wrong on that. But there was uh, an organization, still an organization, called the Atlanta Area Service Group, and it was an umbrella organization for all of the S fellowships. And all of the S fellowships were uh, helped uh, start incubate by a guy by the name of Jim M. And, uh, and 
Jim just did a great job in, in helping start all of the fellowships, including SA. And, uh, and as Sexaholics Anonymous began to meet, uh, the Jim, uh, to give it credibility, uh, and SA was seen as kind of a, uh, a militant organization that was, uh, homophobic at the time. Uh, Jim lent his credibility and support to the organization by attending meetings for six months. He said, you know, I'll, I'll attend your meeting every week for six months, and he did. And that kind of opened the door to a lot of other people within the other fellowships to come over and acquaint themselves with SA, and some stayed, some didn't. Uh, however, we uh, AASG... Uh, listed uh, SA meetings in their listings of all the groups of S meetings in the in the Atlanta area. And then as we came into the Internet age, they had a web page and prominently featured SA. And as SA has grown in the area, you know, all of our meetings are listed or were listed on their site. Some of them wrong uh, as they, as an individual member of SA would feed the, uh, the updated meeting list to uh, AASG, sometimes in the uh, typing in of the information or something that uh, times would be wrong or dates would be wrong or one thing or another. Uh, recently, uh, as AA has or SA has grown here and Intergroup has become a much more dynamic force, and we got our own website up and one thing or another, we saw that there was some misinformation about various meetings uh, on a number of different websites, and we requested that all of the information be taken down off their websites and instead a link placed such that if anybody wants to know what the bona fide actual information about SA in Atlanta is, they would click on the link and go to uh, SA Atlanta. Well, is it wrong to have our information up on other sites? Is it a violation of our tradition? Is it affiliation? Uh, and what about linkages? What do you think about that? Well, you know, listening to by you know, listening to as you as you tell the story of how it all came about, and I can I can totally understand how that can happen, how that can come to be, especially. And I would also interject that SA would never have grown and developed as well as it did in the area without the support of AASG. But please continue if you would. Yeah, well, I, man, I can, I can understand that, and I can understand how those things can develop that way. But the, the part in, in the, the sixth tradition that I really, really try to pay attention to is, you know, is it actual or implied? And you understand the history of it and how it came about, and many of your, your friends and other members of SA understand. But what about the, the people that are coming, you know, trying to get in touch with you or, um, you know, I would even say if there's uh, professional people or, uh, you know, still suffering people and they see that this is all one deal, that's all on one website, that means that they all, they all 
are kind of hooked together. Can you? I mean, if, you, if they they're not educated on on what's going on, and so here we have this website, and it's got it's got the essay link tied in with these with these other fellowships, and and uh, how 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 would they decipher that? Well, that's my question. Well, you know, I, I look at it and I think. You know, how many do AA, you know, if you want help with alcoholism, you know, look on AA.org. And, I mean, AA site is certainly linked everywhere on the net. Yeah, and there's nothing that they can do about it. There's there's nothing we can do. Now, AA.org will get you the, the site for uh, the central office in New York. AA.org is the general service office in New York, and that's that's just as just just AA. But now I understand that there's all kinds of websites out there where they they put links in there to AA, but not because we requested it, and it's, you know because AA requested it. And there's a lot of things that that happen out there on the internet because there's uh, we really have no control over it, and we get back to that thing where. Uh, when Bill said that we let our friends defend us rather than us going out and trying to defend ourselves with the media, on on all of these websites, you you would be you would be so busy you would keep an army busy trying to keep that cleaned up, keep your links off of other people's websites. All we can ever do is request them to not do it, but that's all we can do. Thank you. But does that does that answer your question for us to for us to uh, to foster it or to say it's okay? I for myself, I know that in AA we would say that that's wrong for us to have ours on other people's website. But so we wouldn't do it. But if they do it, we can't stop them. Well, I, I know at my own desk, and uh, I also told. Uh, Intergroup members here that I mean, it, there's a number of in the Atlanta area that uh, have a, a fond a fondness for AASD. They have that long affiliation, and uh, they don't appreciate that you know all of our material has been taken down off the site. And I told them I'd take it up at Sarah and GDA, and I thought this was a, a good uh, opportunity to discuss it as a traditions issue so I thought I would yeah it's one of those things where you know it's, it's I just sent out a letter the other day to somebody saying that you know a lot of times the traditions have a tendency to want to interfere with my will and uh, but I have to pay attention to them and and it's when do you when do you you know when you start to cut a corner how many corners do you cut and it's like this affiliation, actual or implied, is just it's, it just gets it can get carried away so so fast. And um, I know that there's a lot of different essay. I I just received something the other day that I didn't know about any of these groups. But you know, it's if we're if you're going to be affiliated with them in any way, I know that in some of the SA, some of the the uh, the sex addict uh, 
uh, what am I trying to say, fellowships, the different ones, they have different different definitions of sobriety too, right? That is correct. And so in that, that could be misleading when we're saying that we're all kind of, that when we're all on there together, they may think that that's, that's a common thing too, that everybody has the same definition. And that could, you know, and sometimes it doesn't get talked about. I suppose that they're right up front at meetings. And somebody could be, you know, misled or something. You know, I don't know. I'm not a member of SA. I just happen to be a, a Class A trustee. And I'm learning a lot more about it, I'll tell you that. But uh, I know that for AA, we would, uh, that's one of the things that we get uh, when we start, we get kind of tied in with NA a lot and some other fellowships. And we have to, we try to say, no, we're, we're AA, but we can't tell other fellowships what to do or other websites what to do. We just can't. You'd go broke trying to uh, defend yourself if you needed defending. Anything else? Anybody? Bob, Bob, I do have one question. Um, this might be a little bit off the wall, but it's sort of been bubbling around in my head as, as I've been listening. Um, um, you know, the steps talk about practicing these principles in all our affairs, and I hear many people talk about uh, applying the traditions in relationships and situations other than AA or SA. And, and I think I, and I hear some good stuff when I, when I hear, hear that. Um, um, I also I also hear some goofy stuff, <laughs> or at least stuff to me that seems goofy. Um, and and I, uh, um, you know, I, I'm careful um, in 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 kind of listening to that stuff uh, in in uh, in considering it um, w- without anything specific in mind. What do you think, of, or what do you have to say? about applying, uh, you know, uh, principles uh, in the steps and the traditions in all our affairs, in, 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 in other words, in relationships or, or roles and responsibilities that are in different parts of our lives than, than our membership in SA or AA? Well, personally, I, I think it's it's a great thing, but there's another there's a thing that goes along with that is you know, getting together and sitting down with, with a sponsor or some people and, and, and looking at what are the principles involved in this in this step and in this tradition. And I know some people do the concepts too. But what what is the principle involved here? And practicing them in all my affairs, I I can I can't see where they wouldn't fit. You know, um, you know, especially well let's just take seven offhand on a tradition. Being self-supporting, I have to be self-supporting. But it's you know, and, and but I can go crazy with that too. Um, but I, I know that for me, I practice that. I try to practice that in all my affairs to be self-supporting, and and um, I do that within my relationship. You know, um, that we're we do that together as a family. But it's setting down and figuring out what the principles are. But sometimes if people just decide they're going to start applying the traditions to their life and and we read them ourselves and try to do it ourselves uh we can get in kind of a bind there too it's better to work with somebody else on that you know and get a and and try to come up with a real understanding of what the principle is here 
Because if you're, I know that with the mind I've got, I can, boy, I can manufacture some principles out of some of those. It'd be unbelievable. <laughs> I was pretty good at that way before I ever got to AA. Yeah, and I also have this really, this really subtle thing where I have this very good motive of trying to help and influence you to practice the principles the way, uh, according to my, you know, uh, practicing your affairs according to my principles, so to speak. So to speak. So I'm always yeah. very, 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 uh, you know, nice, nice about about trying to help you do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another one of those things where we're we're just uh, so good at that. Um, Deluding ourselves into just how much we're doing for those people. Some people call it altruism. Some call it BS. <laughs> but I know that for me, those they all they all fit for me. But it, you know, going through them and understanding them with somebody. But I would say that for just just to tell your sponsee, you know, when they're brand new, say, well, you got to fit these in all your affairs, and just go read them and and do it. I could see total disaster coming about. Because some of them I didn't even understand the principle that I've been here a while. The true principle. Well, I'm still learning some lessons, and I'm grateful for them. Thanks for teaching. Oh, man, I I learn them all the time. And I'm learning, I'll tell you what, I am learning so much being a Class A trustee for SA. It's just unbelievable. I'm reading in in the books and, and, and trying to get this all straight in my head and trying to be of service, but I am learning so much. It's unbelievable. In fact, I can't wait. Just another couple of weeks, we're going to be in Portland. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you again. You bet. That's going to be great. So, should we call it an afternoon? Yeah, we can sure do that. I thank you guys for the opportunity to that you allow me to come on here and share that stuff with you. And I love your feedback. I really do. That, I, I love that most of all. And so I'm looking forward to the next round.